welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Right. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again. And for those of you who are brand new to the show, thank you for joining us. We definitely appreciate your time. We always try to make sure that we use your time wisely. So today I'm going to get after a topic. This one's going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit different. I'm going to walk you through some things. So, so hang on tight. Let's go for a ride. For those of you who are not watching on YouTube or Rumble, it's going to be a little bit more challenging for you. I think, uh, I'll do my best to describe things as I go so that Hopefully you can you can pick up some of the nuggets uh, of of quality information. But if you can see it, it might be a little bit more helpful today. All right. So uh, without further ado, I, I want to talk about narrative control. So we we hear this routinely. There's this thing that, that that's stated in our culture. You know, it's like, hey, they just want to control the narrative. We specifically hear it quite a bit when it comes to uh, politics. Uh, and so I'm going to draw it out. I'm not going to draw it out politically, but I am going to give you an example of of how it would affect politics. So that if you're you know you're in that environment or you're hearing it because of that environment, you'll understand where it comes from and the power that it does have. So that's the goal over the next few minutes is to try to uh, help paint the picture from a, a, a clinical counseling perspective on where that power of narrative control comes from. So you walk away understanding something, maybe just a little bit more. <clears throat> All right, we're going to start with, uh, I've got a, a little uh, a presentation that I had done in the past. I'm going to pull it up for those of you who are watching, uh, and I'm going to skip through some things. I'm, I'm going to skip. I used to, uh, I used to teach this to, to young uh, counselors in the profession. And uh, it's called the developing brain, but I'm going to skip through, you know, we can, we can come back and go over that stuff. If that's super interesting to those of you who are out there, uh, but I really want to get to the memory, how memories are created so that I can talk specifically about what's coming up, which is engrams and uh, uh, explicit and implicit memories. Uh, partly I'm going to nerd out on you a little bit here. So, so hang on if, if this is a little much, uh, but it, it does play an important role in where we're going today. So uh, first, let's start with uh, something that Siegel said. Uh, This is Dr. Daniel Siegel. Daniel Siegel is uh, a a very well-known, you know, professional uh, that that really focused on the brain and the mind. And they are very different things. Uh, I could go into this for hours and hours and hours. I've read a lot of Siegel's stuff, uh, as well as uh, Dr. Amen's stuff. And there's a lot of other, Casalino, there's a bunch of them out there that are doing some really amazing work. Uh, You know, the How the Body Keeps the Score is also a fantastic one, but I digress. What I want to highlight uh, from Siegel is this this experience that he talks about. So in the second line down there, I, this was obviously done for, for, for lessons that I do for professionals. Siegel suggests that memory is a combination of biological response and cognitive process. This is how we separate out the brain, the biological, from the mind our ability to see ourselves. And this is a very unique human experience. All right. So the brain development is an experience dependent process, right? We have to have an external experience. We have five senses. Uh, He talks about this a lot in his material. Those five senses are creating inputs. They're creating a, a, a 
an experience that we then can begin to develop our brain. Um, thus, he defines it as it's written there for those of you who are watching, the way past events affect future function. So we stick our fingers on the stove, it's hot, boom, we have this brain experience, right? That experience that we have tells us that sometimes those surfaces are hot. And we have to then learn when they're hot and when they're not. All right. So that that experience creates the future function. All right. That's the, the a simple version of it there. I did that because it's it's framework for you to understand implicit memories and explicit memories. So I'm not I'm not going to get into a, into a ton of detail here, uh, but essentially an implicit memory is a snapshot like a photo. An explicit memory is more like a video of the sensory stimulants. Okay, that's really important. What we need is explicit memories in order to create predictable patterns. All right, implicit memories don't necessarily give us the ability to apply these, these patterns into the world in a good, healthy way. We need that explicit memory. All right. Now, I did all of that. That was me nerding out a little bit. I did all of that for this part right here. For those of you who are watching along. Scaffolding and engrams. So an engram, simply put, is just the first scaffold. It's an initial memory. That's what it is. Now, an engram is hugely important when it comes to our ability to decide about everything else. All right, I'm going to spend some time on engrams here in just a moment. Scaffolding is the building of memory on top of memory on top of memory. So over time, what we are doing is we are creating a lens at which to experience the world. Our ability to look through these eyeglasses that we put on that help us see the world in a particular way. So if, we, if you're nearsighted and you put on a certain set of glasses, you can see better. If you're farsighted and you put on a certain pair of glasses, you can see better. What do we mean by better? We can see reality more closely to what reality is. So these scaffolding processes are really critical in 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 the the function of understanding reality now we may see somebody who has a complete psychotic break and we may be going whoa they cannot see reality truth be told most people who have something like that go on in their life there was a point in time where they they were able to assess and function in reality pretty well not always but the vast majority of the time now, they may have to go back many years or, you know, be on certain kinds of, of, of medication that allow them to see the world differently, right? And we see, again, I use the word see, but that's a limitation. We see the world through five senses. So it's not just visual, although the visual is for those who are not blind or struggle with sight, visual is the dominant way in which we create memories. Uh, it's, uh, it's significant. Um, so, all right. The engram, you know, it says on here, the engram handout, I'm going to fast forward us. All right. 
I'm going to pull up a picture for those of you who are following along. You're going to get to see this. You probably have seen this before. It's an old lady and a young lady. Yes. If you don't see both, you aren't seeing correctly. That's a fact because reality suggests there is an old lady in this image and there's a young lady in this image. We will pick one out based on a previous engram. All right. I could give you a, 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 a printout. I do this. I do this in the actual teaching. I could give you a printout of an old lady, or I could give you a printout of a young lady and I could manipulate your memory. I could make you see either the young lady or the old lady first in this image. That is, unless you have seen this image before. What does that mean? What that means is psychologically, this is really important. Psychologically, the engram, that initial memory, is a way of manipulating other people. Why is it? Because it creates a backdrop, a contrast, a, a, a way of seeing things in particular. For those of you who don't know, if you look up into the clouds, inevitably, most of you are going to find things like faces and animals. Why? Because that's the backdrop of the majority of our lives as humans. We're looking for animals that are dangerous or safe. We're looking for people in, in, in context of our, our everyday life where we're engaging with people. We see people all the time. So when we look to the clouds, oftentimes we experience seeing faces and animals. Now, it's not 100%. You know, you could look up there and you might see an airplane or you might see, uh, you know, a, a mountain in the clouds. But again, they're going to be things that you have seen before. Why? Scaffolding, the engram process of building memories on top, on top of memories. Now, there is one question that I'm going to get to, and I'm going to do this just for those of you who are following uh, the, real quick. Can scaffolds be changed? Yes, they can. We can re-narrate things over time. That's a totally different discussion for a different day, but I wanted you to have that information. So yes, I can take your engram and I can shift your ability to see that. In other words, I can teach you to see the young lady if you normally would see the old lady or the old lady if you normally saw the young lady. And eventually over time with enough practice and work, I can get you to a point where you would see the old lady first, even though when you first learned it, you saw the young lady. All right. For those of you who are not tracking with the video, sorry, that's going to be a little bit on the confusing side, but it's just an image that shows two people in one image. Okay. All right. Now, the engram thing. I told you I was going to come back to this. I'm going to share with you, those of you who are watching, an image that I've shared before in the past. And that is this image where A, on the screen and B on the screen. At first glance, if you are a normal person, you look at those and you so you would say something like the square that is A is darker than the square that is B. And that is because in this particular picture, you are doing something in your brain that is manipulating the picture. You see the shadow that's being cast by the green cylinder 
over the square that is B is convincing you that B is lighter. But in fact, if you were to take this image and put A and B right next to each other, you would find out that they, in fact, are exactly the same. Now, why am I showing you this? Because the backdrop matters. You are looking at this screen probably right now, if you're on Rumble or YouTube, you right now are looking at the screen and you are probably saying, you're wrong, Jeremiah. Those are different. But in fact, you are wrong. If you're thinking that you, my friend, are wrong, okay? This is a a proven out experiment that we have done in psychology over and over and over. We change the backdrop or the contrast and your brain fills in the gaps. So your brain is, because it's casting a shadow, your brain is saying that B is in fact lighter than A, but it's not. Okay, that's important. Why? Because now I get to tell you and teach you, and if you if you haven't learned this already, I get to help you see a really great example of why the engram and control of that initial narrative is so incredibly important. So for this one, we get to have a little bit of fun. I am going to pull up a screen where for those of you who are following along, um, you're going to get to see this. Those of you who aren't, don't worry. You will hear the the, the conversation. It it is a a rather lengthy clip. So there is, uh, I may or may not interfere with the clip. I'm, I'm probably leaning towards not because it simplifies some things for me. But here's what I want you to do. I'm going to set the tone. In this clip, you've got Fasini. This is uh, a little guy in uh, 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 in The Princess Bride. And they are about to have, uh, and, and you have the dread pirate Robert. Uh, and, and, and he is about to go into a battle of wits with Vecini. Now on the screen, you're going to get to see the dreaded pirate Roberts, who those of you who are familiar with the princess bride, this is all going to look super familiar, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little game with you. Knowing the backdrop that I have just established, the engrams matter. All right. Now, for those of you who've seen this clip, you know, the result at the end, but Play it out in your mind for a moment as if you didn't know the result. Go back to the initial memory and say, okay, I'm just going to ignore that initial memory. Setting the tone, what we have here is a battle of wits where one is going to try to convince the other to drink out of a goblet that has poison. Okay. Now for this particular one, if you're a Democrat, what I want you to do is pretend That the dreaded pirate Roberts that is on the screen at this moment is a Democrat. And if you're a Republican, I want you to pretend that he is a Republican. And if you are an independent, I want you to pretend that this is an independent. And if you are a constitutionalist, a constitution, and you, you get the point. All right. So, whatever, whichever leaning you have, I want you to pretend that this is your politician and you are Vecini. 
All right. Because it's going to play out really cool if you do that. All right. So hang on there. I'm going to hit the play button and I want you to see how this plays out in the world of engrams, scaffolding, because they're building a narrative. All right. And the contrast, right? That backdrop. The backdrop is we know who starts the conversation. Think about that. Who starts the conversation? That's the backdrop. All right. The engram is going to be the words that they use and the actions that they take from here. All right. So let's just, let's just play it out. Hopefully this works as well as I'm, I, I, I optimistically am hoping it will. What you do not smell is called iocane powder. It is odorless, tasteless, dissolves instantly in liquid, and is among the more deadly poisons known to man. Huh. So for those of you listening, right. he just put poison Where in the goblet. The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. But it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You've made your decision then? <laughs> not remotely. Because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows. And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. And criminals are used to having people not trust them, as you are not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia. And you must have suspected I would have known the powder's origin, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're just stalling now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? You've beaten my giant, which means you're exceptionally strong. So you could have put the poison in your own goblet, trusting on your strength to save you, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you've also bested my Spaniard which means you must have studied. And in studying, you must have learned that man is mortal, so you would have put the poison as far from yourself as possible, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're trying to trick me into giving away something. It won't work. It has worked. You've given everything away. I know where the poison is. Then make your choice. I will, and I choose. What in the world can that be? What? I paused right there. I know it's probably really frustrating because you probably, if you are a fan of The Princess Bride, you love this clip. But I paused there because I wanted to take a moment and explain to you the engrams, the scaffolding, and the backdrop real quickly. So I said, pretend that the dreaded pirate Roberts is your politician, your representative. He's staring him down. He's saying like, wow, this is great. This is great. This is what, the, this is what they do. It's controlling the narrative. But Fasini decides, I want to control the narrative. That's you. You're sitting there. You're saying, wait a minute. I got you. 
I got you. I'm going to control the narrative. I'm going to get one up on you this time. All right. And your politicians do this. Matter of fact, in daily life, this does happen. If people attempt to gain control of the narrative by controlling what? This move that's about to come up is an engram reset. Watch. Where? I don't see anything. Oh, well, I, I could have sworn I saw something. I, no matter. <laughs> What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me from my glass and you from yours. You guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But only slightly less well known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> And for today, that is where we will stop. And we stop there because what I wanted to end with is the power that engrams have in terms of manipulation. If you go into it and you believe the very first thing that the news media tells you, if you believe the very first thing that your politicians tell you. If you go into it, here's what's, here's what's risky about that. It sets you up to use that as the thing that you contrast every other thing from. So if they tell you Biden is great, or they tell you, uh, you know, Biden's going to die, then everything you see from then on you are going to slide through that lens of that particular engram. That is why it is so important for people who are trying to manipulate to have narrative control. That is why the media is so bent on being the first, because if they're the first, then they get to control the narrative. But I'm here to tell you there's a better way. There's a better way. Slow down. Be more methodical. Take your time. Know your own engrams. Know how you have built your lens. If you call yourself a Democrat, why? Know the why. If you call yourself a Republican, know the why. If they tell you so-and-so is evil and terrible and no good, know the why. Not the why that they will sell you after they start the initial engram. No. Know the why that you understand because you have done your research, because you have looked at it with different backdrops. Maybe you have looked at it with a shadow over it. 
Maybe because that's what the media does a lot of. They put a shadow over something to make you think it's something different than it actually is. And it happens on all sides. Slow down. Compare it to what you, um, uh, what you know. Compare it to what you think you might know. Compare it to what is the opposite of what you know. And see if it looks the same throughout those different areas. Because if it doesn't, then chances are somewhere in there, there's a manipulation. And unfortunately, you're missing reality. Because there is an independent reality. Go back to that image that I showed you, that A and the B on the square. The reality is they're exactly the same shade of gray. That is reality. But if you fall for the backdrop, you will convince yourself that the fact is they are different. And you would be wrong. You would be manipulated. So that initial narrative control is really important for the media. It's really important for politicians. But let me be real honest with you. It's more important to you. However you hear a story at first, you have a responsibility to reality, to truth, to vet that against the opposite of it, right? They say so-and-so is terrible. Say, okay, if I take a moment and I assume, like I did with the old lady and the young lady, if I assume that they are awesome. How would I view their actions? Do the comparison and not the actions that they want to throw in front of you, but all of the other actions too. You have to look at what they're not trying to show you. Now that's time consuming and that's difficult. I know. But when we look at this in clinical counseling kind of world, what we know is that we narrate things incorrectly a lot. Matter of fact, in trauma work, I spend a good chunk of time re-narrating people's traumas with them. Because what when we are traumatized by something or when we are the victim of something, it's really difficult to empathize with another perspective. But that's the only way that we're going to see the flaws in our engrams and understand that both the old lady and the young lady are visible, clearly visible. So narrative control is often a form of manipulation. Now, the Vicini thing, there's another piece I wanted to point out real quick before I let you go. That whole distract you thing is an engram reset. They do that, and in the media they do that, because they're drawing your attention away in order to reset that, that, that engram, that, that beginning memory. See, right? He turns around, his goblet gets moved, but he doesn't know, so he turns around, and the assumption there is... The goblet that I put in front of me is still the goblet that I put in front of me. 
right? It's it, it's it, hey, hey, look over there, squirrel. And that happens a lot in politics, the media, that happens in social dynamics, that happens in families, unfortunately, where we use these things to get a hand up on somebody. Uh, it's not a good, healthy thing to do, but it is something that is done and it is a form of manipulation. And you gotta, you gotta stay alert, alert that those manipulations are being planned and created. And let's go back to that, that scene one more time. The initial memory, that initial engram, who controlled where the poison went? The advantage always goes back to that very first person who has that narrative control. See, in that scene, he put it in both. He didn't just put it in one. He put it in both. But what he knew that little Vicini, who was, you know, had great intellect, what he didn't know was that he had built up an immunity to it. Think about this in terms of politicians. If you assumed for a moment that that was a Democrat, because you're a Democrat, they build up an immunity to what you would bring to them. So if you come in there and you say, wait a minute, I think you're doing this wrong. They go, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. They appease you, knowing that in the backdrop, they are immune to you, the voter. To a degree, they're immune immune to your influence. Why? Because that's where the swamp got created. And it's a Democrat and Republican swamp. Both parties did that junk. And they built that immunity. So if you don't think you're being manipulated, you might want to think again. And with that, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.